Hello everyone, this is Alice Strange, and you're here at Magic in the Mind podcast, where spirituality and psychology intersect. Today we are diving deep into the idea of positive self-talk. Positive self-talk can be very beneficial to just about anyone, but especially people who struggle with things like self-esteem, growing your self-esteem. In this episode, we're going to cover that. We're also going to cover a little bit about manifestation, a little bit about affirmations. We're going to talk about tips and advice to get you started. And I'm providing examples. I'm going to be providing further resources for you to reach out to and do the work if you really want to. And you may already be turned off of the whole positive self-talk, but I promise you it's not toxic positivity and it is something that is accessible to every person. I, I promise you. And so I'm really excited for this episode and we'll just get started. Alright, so if you've been around the podcast a while, if you've watched most of my episodes, you've probably heard this story before, but I'm going to just pretend, blissfully pretend, that none of you have heard it before, and I'm going to tell it now because it is exactly what we're dealing with today. I was probably about 17 years old maybe a tad younger, I'm not exactly sure, but in my late teen years, I had a therapist who swore I would be totally healed if I could get myself to say positive affirmations in the mirror every day to my face. And he first introduced the concept to me. He told me, you know, when you say nice things about yourself, eventually you start to believe them. And I was like, well, that's bullshit, but just nodded. And he was like, here, take this printout. And it's just a full printer paper page of, of front and back of positive affirmations. And I remember being like, wow, that's stupid, but like, whatever. You know, like, I was like, I'll try it, but like, I'm not, that's fucking stupid. And so, of course, I was already going in with a negative mindset. I went home, and that night, I'm getting ready for bed, and I, I pick up the paper, and I look in the mirror, and I start reciting the positive affirmations. It had things such as, I am beautiful. I am strong and resilient and no challenge is too great for me. Like, honestly, really stupid. Like, (laughs) if you, honestly, just not appropriate for where I was in life. In my life at that time, I believed I was lower than the scum of the earth. I thought I was disgusting, fat, ugly. So like all the beautiful things that right out the window, um, especially when I'm looking at myself straight in the fucking mirror. I also thought I was stupid. I thought that 
I was never going to amount to anything. I truly didn't even, you know, conceptualize life after high school. I really didn't, you know, I had thought about it, but I didn't think it would happen. And, you know, all of that to say, I really hated myself. And when I had to look in the mirror and look at the face that I hated the most out of anyone else in the world and tell her, you are strong and resilient. People love you for who you are. Nope. Nope. I tried that shit. I tried it three or four times. And every single time I would get just a little bit into the affirmations. And I, one time I started crying because I couldn't believe how, that this is how normal people think. This is how normal people do things. And I'm so broken. I'm so mentally ill that there's no way I'll ever think this way about myself. Let that sink in. I basically told him I hadn't tried it when I went back to therapy. He asked me about it. I said I tried, but I couldn't do the whole paper. And he said, okay, why? I said, well, looking in the mirror at myself and reading that, that's crazy. Like people, people who are crazy are people who have to tell themselves nice things about themselves in the mirror. I told him, if I really was beautiful and smart and everyone loved me, then I wouldn't have to tell myself this shit in the mirror. And he just kept saying, oh, you've got to try it. Oh, it'll, it'll come around. You keep trying. You keep trying. And it never came around. And I lived from then until about 28 or 29 years old when a friend of mine who had badgered me for weeks about watching a particular video about affirmations or it was it was basically a read along speak along affirmation thing youtube video and i finally tried it and the things that it said were not like i am successful in life i can do Whatever it is it takes. You know, like, it wasn't that stuff. It was stuff like, I know that I am enough. I know that the universe has my back. You know, I had gotten into spirituality by then, obviously, by then. And the whole spirituality element of it helped a little bit. Things like, I am a child of the abundant universe and the universe has abundance in store for me. Cool shit like that. Like it was it was actually the first time I'd ever heard affirmations that were applicable. And of course there were three or four in the video that I didn't really resonate with. It felt kind of gross. But then I realized exactly what was wrong all those years ago. He wasn't he wasn't meeting me where I was at. He was just throwing out this piece of paper for people who want to make themselves feel better. But like, you can't make yourself feel better until you know that you're worth feeling better. <laughs> it's a complicated story, I know. But that's the whole one, the whole story. And, and that's what we're talking about today. Self-talk. Positive self-talk. Negative self-talk. And what we can do about it. 
So to quickly define self-talk, it's, it's something that I think probably everybody does. Many people will call it um, something along the lines of a constant monologue in your head. Maybe just blah, 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 all day long. And, you know, now I will sit and grab my drink. And then I did, you know, like kind of just talking about things as you do them. Um, and it's, it's anything we say directed at ourselves, which is self-talk. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so if you're saying things in your head to or about yourself, that's self-talk. If you succeed at a task and you go, yes, that's self-talk. <laughs> if you fail something, all those little jibber-jabbery voices in your head going, I knew we would fail. I knew we shouldn't even try. Look at this. We're so stupid. How could we even think that we would be good enough to get a, a success on this? That's self-talk. And it's known that with self-talk, if, if you use a good amount of negative self-talk, you probably do or will have low self-esteem. Now, if I'm talking to you right now and you have terrible self-talk, but your self-esteem is pretty good, please just skip on ahead. But here with the the real, uh, in the real world, you talk bad about, about, you talk bad about yourself out loud and in your head. You're going to believe those things. Those things don't come out of nowhere. They're, they're actually your thoughts, how you feel about yourself. And this statistic blew my mind, but of the worldwide population struggles with low self-esteem for all adults and adolescents. That is 85% of the worldwide population. Factors that can lead to low self-esteem include overly critical adults in your childhood, whether it be a mother, a father, a grandparent, a sibling, anything like that. Other factors are not doing well academically for whatever reason. An ongoing stressful life situation such as financial issues or relationship issues or abuse. Um, bad treatment from a caregiver or partner can lead to this. Ongoing medical issues and um, many, many mental health disorders include self-esteem as a part of them. And then, of course, little to no access to support from a professional or people in your life. These are all things that are pretty well established. If you don't have any of those, it's more likely that you're going to have low self-esteem. So the idea of speaking things out loud to eventually bring them into reality is a manifestation technique. You probably already knew that. But for me personally, 
I don't know a ton about manifestation. I haven't really researched heavily on any of it. I've I've definitely listened to quite a few podcasts on it and I I know about it, but the thing I really know is psychology. So, you know, you could say that speaking your own self-love into existence is just manifestation, but I find that it can help if I focus on the psychological ideas in the quote logical approach rather than the more mystical. This way it keeps me from doubting it. If I'm having a particularly good day with my self-talk, I can share with friends and they don't think I'm psycho. You know, it's, it's a brain thing. It's a brain thing. Now, I'm not a neurologist and I'm also not a psychologist. <laughs> so all I can really say is we know that our brains hold on to things that we say, especially over and over, especially in high stress situations. That's just psychology. We also know that every time a new thought is formed, a new idea is had, it makes a new neural pathway. And we know that every time you think that same path, that same idea, that same concept, you're digging that path deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger into your brain. And then after a while, it becomes just as normal and accessible as every other thought in your whole head. Think about that for a second. If you don't know what neuroplasticity is, that's what, it's, it's what I'm talking about. It's the, the ability the brain has to change and grow, change ideas. Anyway, it, it's, I'm passionate about it. I love it so much, but I'm not a neurologist, so I would probably get it wrong if I started to tell you about it. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to say whether you approach it in a mystical way or a psychological way, this practice can work no matter where you are in your self-acceptance and self-love journey. If you adapt it to fit your needs, almost anyone can utilize and find success with this method. And to kind of look at the spectrum of people who may be trying this, some of those people may be optimists who only experience negative thoughts if something goes wrong. Some people may have mild negative self-talk that they wish to change. And some people are at their literal lowest and experience self-loathing and many thoughts of not being good enough. No matter where you are on this spectrum, this practice can help you. It just may take longer or more dedication for some. Science does show in quite a few studies that the performance of an athlete is significantly proven to increase if they use positive and motivational self-talk before a competition. Really, I, I don't know why. <laughs> the most common kind of study done on self-talk is with athletes, which 
makes it a little less applicable to daily life. And I, I mean, like an athlete already knows they're good. <laughs> an athlete already got, like did a lot of work to get to where they're at. You know, they, they already believe in themselves is kind of what I'm saying. I could not find a single study um, or article or anything about how self-talk can affect someone who already has low self-esteem, neg negative self-talk, or how can positive self-talk help someone with low self-esteem. I couldn't find anything out there and that made me pretty, pretty sad, but moving on. There are four general types of negative self-talk. I'll give you these definitions and you, you know, they're not super important, but if you can identify the type of self-talk, negative self-talk you're having within your own internal dialogue, it, it becomes a little easier to spot. It becomes a little easier for you to be like, ah, yes, I just did that thing. And you might not even remember what it was called, but like that was, that was one of those categories, the, the negative self-talk, like you, well, we'll get into that, but let me give you the definitions. First, we have personalization, which is blaming yourself for everything, literally everything. All my friends in high school had this joke where if something went wrong, they'd say, oh, thanks a lot, Alice. Thanks a lot. Look what you've done. Ugh, how dare you? And I would just, you know, when it first started happening, I would wait, huh? What? Not my fault. But then after a while, I kind of just, I'd throw my hands up in the air and say, be like, sorry guys, I know I suck. I'm sorry. And it was a joke, but like, <laughs> I wasn't joking. Um, yeah, I did blame myself for everything. That was something I did a lot. And, and you know, it's a, it's a journey. There's no one who's ever 100% healed. And some days I do blame myself for things that really aren't my fault. But we learn and we grow. And, and when you can recognize yourself doing that, you can use this method that we're going to talk about. Another one is magnifying. And that is when you focus on the negative parts of a situation without considering any of the positives. Because every situation has different sides. And I would say most uh, situations have a negative and a positive. But magnifying is when you're focusing only on the negative part. You don't look at any of the positives or even the neutrals. You're just looking at like what sucks about it. There's another one called catastrophizing. That's a fun one. And that's when you expect the worst. And you very rarely will let logic in. Like, you don't let in the logic or the reasoning so they, you can convince yourself otherwise. You really just expect the worst. And very, very small amounts of that time expecting the worst, you might let in a little bit of logic. But it would be really hard for a friend or a family member to convince you that it's not going to be the worst. The last one is polarizing. And this is when you have black and white thinking. 
And black and white thinking is all or nothing thinking. Same thing. Good or bad. White or black. There is no gray. There is no neutral in the good and bad. There's no middle ground at all for categorizing or processing things. And this is something that does come up a lot with certain mental disorders. Um, so, you know, so it can be hard to overcome, but so can any of these others, I, I'll be honest. So now moving on to the application of this method, the method of speaking your self-love into existence. That's what I'm calling it. I think that's pretty. Anyway, the application of this, the very first step toward not saying such mean things about yourself is to listen to that voice inside your head. Listen, like, like really pay attention to the things that are being said. And, you know, that's actually completely opposite of what we've been trying to do our whole lives, right? You've got that voice in your head. We tune it out. We ignore it. We don't listen to it. It just blabbers on. It's annoying, whatever. But it is absolutely critical that you notice what this voice is saying. That's a weird process when you start. If you meditate, you might have a version of this pop up sometimes maybe when you are quiet on the outside and just tuning into your inner world you may hear uh your brain just chattering away you may hear messages or words you might get pictures or images depending on the kind of person you are but there is just a little voice inside your head that might be very very critical of you and it's so important that you can focus on that and tune into that. Of course, this can be really hard to do when we're going about our busy days, but with practice, it becomes easier. And the more you do it, the more easy it gets. You know, it's one of those things. So while you're starting to pay attention to your internal monologue anyways, Pay attention to the times you're more prone to have negative self-talk. And you can, you know, already start preparing yourself for those events. Knowing that you may be a little harsher to yourself. Come in prepared. Come in ready to, to fight those voices. And of course, our self-talk usually takes a turn for the worse in high pressure situations or highly emotional states. And often logic is just not a part of any of it. And you know, obviously it is also way more difficult to stop your busy mind mid crisis when your mind is rushing and full of emotion and just, ah, oh, but, but that's when the thoughts the, the negative self-talk, that's going to be your lowest, most likely. Now, personally, I tend to get very strong emotions 
very fast in upsetting situations that can sometimes take over in the moment. And that's not totally all that rare. I have trained myself to listen to what the inner voice is saying as soon as I start feeling triggered, as soon as I start to escalate even the tiniest bit, you know, my heart pumps a little faster or I get a little like angry or tense, immediately I'm tuning into that voice. Immediately I'm listening. What is it saying? What is it saying? What is it saying? Which is probably when it's going to be the loudest. So you should probably, you should be able to hear something. The process of as soon as I get triggered, going straight to paying attention to my thoughts has been beneficial in multiple ways. First of all, it helped me to calm myself before I get too worked up. If I'm thinking about what exactly my inner voice is saying, focusing on how to change it, or just mentally taking note Sometimes one of those or all of those or some of those are enough to keep me from spiraling because I will, I, I'm the kind of person who can fall into a deep spiral, um, but to immediately kind of pay attention to the words your head is saying rather than your trigger, that can sometimes calm me depending on the situation. And this also means I can notice what thoughts come up when I'm triggered in particular ways, which helps me to figure out how to heal that part of me. So while I'm focusing on the internal dialogue going on in my head in these high stress, escalated moments, hopefully sometimes, not always, but you can sometimes find patterns. You can kind of see Every time this happens, I have this other reaction. Why is that? And that's a great place to, to start your healing journey. It's a good place to continue your healing journey. It's really important to know your triggers, but it's even more like it's even better if you know what caused that trigger. Why is it you're triggered by that? So all around healthy thing to be doing. But this does include having to identify your triggers, which is a whole thing in and of itself. But it's still a very helpful thing to learn that will also help you to heal. So a couple examples. So the first one, when I am triggered and it causes me to think of myself as broken or burdensome, this relates to a time in my life where I felt that a lot, which for me would be my teenage years. Second example, if the trigger leads to me telling myself I'm too stupid for XYZ and I should just give up, this relates to when I was in college the first time and doubted my ability to pass my classes. So you've identified the thoughts. You've, you've first listened and heard the thoughts. Then you listen to them in stressful situations. You tune in. You learn to hear what they're saying. Then the work comes in. 
<laughs> then, then the work comes in. Because once you've identified them, once you hear them, and you can stop yourself and then think about what you're saying in your head, the next step is to challenge those thoughts. You can either challenge them in the moment, which is preferable, it's much more effective, or you can challenge them when you're calm, again, if they were very, if you were very triggered, you know, so you can think more clearly. And I, I said, you know, in the moment is the best time to correct yourself from negative self-talk. Once you've disconnected from that, it's really hard and you don't want to reconnect with those bad things you said about yourself. Just as a like a, an example, something that happens to me all the time is I'll be at work and I'll say, oh, God, fucked it up again. And yes, I really do this. But I will say, wait, no, no. And I'll, I'll play the thought back in my head, really hear it. And I said, okay. And in, in those cases, it's not a thought. It's actually out loud. I'll say that. Um, but I can stop and say, okay, what did I just say? Think it through. And then say, actually, you know what? No. I messed up and that's okay. It's all right to mess up. We're all human. No one's perfect. And then move on with my day. Move on with my day. It's not excruciatingly hard. It's really not. The point is to hear the thought, stop the thought, and correct the thought. That's the basic thing of the whole thing. Now, to add to talking about challenging the thoughts in the moment or after you've calmed down, I can take a lot of flack and still be calm and then go home and break down and cry. But it's really, it really comes back to the thoughts. And yes, I'm the person who will sit in the office with all the other people answering the hotline and I will literally correct myself out loud. <laughs> I, I will, I will. And there's no shame. So a few tips from me, um, just because the only person I've ever known to do this is me. So that's uh, the only examples I have. I find that if I'm able to journal about the feelings that come up mid-crisis, that's the best. Or it, like at least while I'm still struggling with them, I'm calm, but like the thoughts are still going through my head and it hurts my, my emotions in a way. That can give me a much better idea of what the exact thoughts are. Sometimes thoughts are really, you know, kind of a spiral into a deeper, darker thought. That's, it's very confusing, but, but if you do this process, you'll understand what I mean. They kind of just lead you to your triggers, I suppose. And another thing, after I journal those things down, I can come back later when I'm ready and read through what I wrote. And I can either say out loud or write down or meditate on the positive affirmations that I've built from the list of terrible things I was telling myself and just show myself some compassion. Just show yourself some compassion. 
you deserve it and I promise you that. The compassion part is very important because we're saying negative things to ourselves that by themselves hurt us. But also, you may feel guilt or shame around saying those things when you're trying to change that habit. Or maybe you just, like, it's not normal. People don't normally walk around and say terrible things about themselves. So if you are doing that or your brain is doing that, you might feel shame or guilt around having those things come up for you when they don't for other people. It is hard when you're trying to change a habit, but do not be discouraged. No one is perfect. And this is how we learn. So if, after all of this talk that we've had so far, if you're struggling with being able to listen to your thoughts and catch the negative self-talk kind of in the act, find a creative way to check in with your feelings and see how your self-talk is acting. You could try doing it according to how the events of the day play out. Maybe every single day as you get ready for work or once you arrive at work in the morning or your lunch break or when you're sitting down to eat dinner or right before bed. Just do a check-in. Just sit down and say, how am I feeling about myself right now? Have I said anything mean? It's important to do those check-ins because... That will lead you to doing it automatically. <laughs> You'll start just kind of noticing when it happens. Because so many times you looked for it when it wasn't happening that when it's happening, you'll know. Another creative way is you can do the old-fashioned set a bunch of alarms on your phone to go off at certain times in the day, turn the alarm volume down, and just have it on vibrate. And and when that goes off, you pick up your phone, you glance at it, do a quick little check-in immediately. And if, if you don't want to look weird, you can stare at your phone while you're doing your check-in so you can have a second. But yeah, just make sure you do it immediately. Don't look at your check-in reminder and put it down and say, I'll do that in a second. You've got to do it immediately or you won't do it. You will get distracted or you will forget Trust me. <laughs> Just trust me. And if you can force yourself to get used to doing these things, check-ins, like I said, become much more natural. It just happens. Now, if worse comes to worse, if you feel like remembering to be positive is pretty difficult and getting yourself to do check-ins regularly doesn't work, you can always resort to putting encouraging messages around your spaces that you'll see. So it feels kind of dumb to say it, but you can literally just put a little note in your desk that says, I am good at what I do, and then shove it under the pens in your top little drawer. And every time you open it up, there it is. I'm good at what I do. That's a nice little thing to say to yourself. Or also, you could put a sticky note on the dashboard of your car that says something like, happiness is within reach. I think that's a, it's a pretty good middle of the road kind of affirmation. But those kind of things can 
can kind of give you a more positive feeling in general and they might help you to remember to check in. Another part of this is you're going to want to try to keep positive people around you. When you meet people who are like positive minded, when they just kind of function on a positive wavelength, connect with them and get to know them. If you have friends that are super negative, like negative and want you to know about it, you may have to limit your exposure to them. And deciding to distance yourself or, you, you know, even asking them if they feel like they also want to try and be more positive like you're doing, then you have accountability buddies. This could be a person you work with while retraining your brain and helping each other out that way. You know, make a little group chat for the two of you. And at the end of the day, if that isn't an option, the negativity of others can tear you down. And that is hard for me in my personal life because I was raised to be a people pleaser I get my value from how others think about me, or I used to. It's, it's something I've worked on and will continue to work on. So taking someone who just wants to be your friend and telling them like, hey, we can't be friends anymore. You know, I had to do that uh, last year. I had a friend and I know that that friend only had two friends and I was one of them and they were very lonely they were very confused but I found myself sighing and oh, oh I can't believe they text me again just please leave me alone that's negativity their negativity was rubbing off of me and I didn't want that and and I cut ties with that friend and yeah it was scary it was really scary, not gonna lie. I didn't like it at first, but like a lot of negativity left with them. So it is what it is. So now moving on to how to word your affirmations. And the number one most important factor is to meet yourself where you're at. When you're starting your affirmations, if your mind's coming from a place of negativity toward yourself, you'll have a harder time accepting positive affirmations. That's just how it is. But if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense to me, honestly. If you truly believe you're not worthy of love or, you know, any other general negative belief, looking at your own face and telling yourself that you can have a relationship with any person in the entire world, you're going to feel like a fool. It will not feel genuine. It will feel like really bad, trust me. The way I adapted, the way I learned to fix this problem is kind of by turning down the intensity of the affirmation. You know, maybe you have your affirmations cranked all the way up to 10, right? 
And that affirmation could be, I am capable of attracting a perfect partner. You could dial that down from 10 just a little bit and try instead something along the lines of, I'm a good person and people find that attractive in me. Or you could try, I am deserving of a healthy and loving relationship and I will have one someday. Or if you're feeling spicy, you can say I will have one soon. That's fun. If you're feeling good, you know, like like I said, meet yourself where you're at. If it's a great day, you might be meeting someone soon. If it's not such a great day, someday, that's good enough. <laughs> Maybe to you, saying things like I am strong or beautiful or powerful or proud or etc. can feel really fake and insincere. In my personal experience, start with phrases that you can agree with, even if it's not the end goal. Of course, in the end, in the end, our end goal is I am strong and beautiful and proud and powerful in who I am as a person. But can we say that on day one of speaking our self-love into existence? Probably not. (laughs) And if you can, I don't know why you're worried about it. Find things that are baby steps toward that end goal. And maybe don't focus so much on the end goal. Sometimes, you know, you'll be doing this and, and you'll come to a point where you're kind of used to the whole trend of how it goes. You say something bad, you correct yourself, blah, blah, blah. But maybe one time... You know, you'll, this has happened to me a few times. Something happens and you say, it's okay. We all make mistakes. And then I kind of like, my brain pauses and then goes, wait, most of the time we don't make mistakes. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yes, that's awesome. And then I'm like, okay, it's all right. We made a mistake, but most of the time we don't make mistakes. Most of the time, we're really good at this. You know, like, they can kind of change themselves sometimes, which is such a cool thing. But that's that's focusing on where you're at. You know, everyone makes mistakes is the first step to, I am very good at what I do, even when I make mistakes. You know, that's, don't focus on the end goal, though. Don't look at the far, far away. Just notice that, your perception, your beliefs, your your feelings about yourself are slowly changing. And you can always change that statement closer to the 10 or closer to the 1, depending on where you are. You know, we fluctuate daily in our moods. Everybody does. And so, you know, you fluctuate on your journey to self-love. And maybe on a hard day, I am a decent person, feels right. And on a good day, I am a good person and I matter. That feels right. The affirmations will and should change as you grow. They're either going to change on their own or you're going to realize that as you say, I'm a good person and I matter. And then... You kind of think about that, you know, if you're saying it to yourself, you're going to think about it a little bit 
and then you could say, actually, I'm a great person to my friends and family, and I do matter. And, you know, you can build off of things. So as you grow, as you get closer to the end goal, push those affirmations as you see fit. And personally, I find it's best not to try and plan them out. If you don't plan them, you just kind of have to come up with something in the moment, which uses brain power, which uses you saying, wait, 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 that's not right. What is right? Let me think. What's the affirmation for this? What is right? Oh, right. It's this. And then you can say it. But that searching in your brain, that little spinning wheel of like, wait, 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 I know this one. I know this one. That's getting you closer ultimately to the goal. So planning them out might not be the best. You could try thinking about and writing out phrases you could use hypothetically or different words and how they can replace things that you say to yourself now. So pre-planning in this way where it's very hypothetical, very vague, is kind of just getting your creativity on board. If you are worried that you won't be able to think of anything positive in the moment, doing this exercise, writing out a negative something that you've said to yourself before, and then next to it writing out a positive correction um, or, or neutral. <laughs> Have I even said that yet? It's okay to be neutral. If you think you're a shit bag and rather than saying, oh God, I'm such a shit bag. Like you could just instead be like, you know what? I'm an average person and I'm okay with that. That's an affirmation. Hell yeah, that's an affirmation. You are an average person and you are okay with that because five minutes ago you were saying you were a shit bag. You see how it works? You see how this works? Another common issue with things like this is the problem of when people are trying to lose weight or they feel like they are too overweight or anything like that. You know, if you're overweight and you say, I am physically fit to encourage yourself, that's probably not going to feel right. It's probably going to feel really weird. If you're in the active process of exercising and eating right, you could say, I am working hard and with determination on my fitness goals. That's good. You're, you're focusing on the goals and being determined to get them done. That, that's very positive. Or, you know, if you just want to win the game, if you just want to jackpot the shit out of this, look at your chubby body and say, I am happy with my body and I treat it well. I am happy with my body and I treat it well. I do that. That one's mine. <laughs> that's one, that's one uh, straight out of the life of Alice. <laughs> Another thing some people experience is self-hatred. If you're experiencing self-hatred, you could just try saying, I am a decent sibling. 
slash mother, father, employee, person, whatever. Or when I think about myself, I see my good qualities. That one I believe you could tell yourself even if it's not true. (laughs) When I think about myself, I see my good qualities. And if, if it doesn't feel good to say that, if it's, if you truly don't see your good qualities, you can say, I'm working toward being able to recognize my positive qualities. I'm working toward being able to see my good qualities. That's great. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful little statement there. And, and it is a step up from feeling like you hate yourself. So I think that's, that's a good thing. So after, you know, in the section of how we're going to learn to make these affirmations and make the perfect affirmation for us, yada, yada, we talked about meeting you where you are. Then there are a few more like mystical type things or, or maybe psychology type things that help. <laughs> I won't say they are huge game changers, but they really do help. So when you are writing out an affirmation or constructing an affirmation, try not to use negatives. Instead of saying, I no longer struggle with my anxiety, say something like, I am happy and content with my life. Or, mental illness is easy for me to overcome. Because if you, okay, we'll do the the little law of attraction thing. Your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and real life. If you're feeling those feelings. If you feel a feeling in a dream, your body thinks that's a real feeling. It's not good at determining which is real and which isn't. So if you can tell yourself over and over, I am happy and content with my life. I am happy and content with my life. Mental illness is easy for me to overcome. Those things will come true. If you're saying, I no longer struggle with my anxiety, there's a possibility that that could work for sure. But when we're talking manifestation, repeating the word, my anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety, that is just pounding that idea deeper and deeper into your skull. So eliminating the negatives, no longer struggle, you know, uh, eliminating the negatives is all around a, a pretty good practice. If you can, if you can bring yourself to do it, especially on the spot, like you, you know, a lot of these will be just do your best practice. You know, you do, you do what you can, you do what you can. Another way to make these affirmations more powerful is to try attaching an emotion to the statement. So, for example, I attract friends who make me feel good about myself. Okay, hell yeah. (laughs) Another example, I live with enthusiasm and joy, or if you need a little less extreme, 
I meet each day with the intention of being content. Awesome. I would also, if I'm gonna, if I was gonna take that affirmation, I would take out content and say peaceful. I meet each day with the intention of being peaceful. Hot damn! If every day of my life could just be peaceful, fuck yeah, that would be great. <laughs> So in this process, you're going to want to look out for blockages and blockages can be things such as like not believing the things that you're telling yourself. And like I said, lowering the intensity of the affirmation can help. If neutral works, if, if neutral is better than what your default mind is already saying, do neutral, do, do neutral as long as you need to. It is way better than negative. And that is progress. If that doesn't help, you can try journaling about it. Asking yourself why you feel that way. And listing out positive personality traits you have. All of those are good things. You can meditate on why it is you feel that way. And also applying your affirmations while meditating may help you see yourself differently or you can explore what is keeping you from getting to the ultimate goal or to that next benchmark also talking to someone who cares about you and asking them what they like about you as a person can be super eye-opening like if you have a friend or a sibling or a family member someone who knows you very well and you ask them to like just sit down with you and and list out things that they think are good about you like you're going to hear things you never imagined things you never really realized you even did it's it if you have the right person it should be mind-blowing and here we step back into the the mystical again um a little bit with you know, another way you can try to make these affirmations possibly even more effective is to use your name rather than I or me or he or she. This is called like creating psychological distance from yourself. Sometimes asking why am I so anxious can bring more shame and guilt while why are you so anxious? Or why is Alice so anxious? That can help us look at it from an outside perspective, possibly giving you the distance you need to think critically about it, or even keeping your thoughts positive because it feels less like a threat or an attack. And for some, this can be more powerful than using first person pronouns while others may feel awkward doing this. So find what works for you. So for some people, this using your name can be more powerful than using first person pronouns, but a lot of other people are gonna feel awkward and weird doing this. So just find what works for you. I use a mixed method. If my mind is spinning a thousand miles an hour and 
it's hard to get control of my thoughts. I usually will use my name. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and I always use it out loud because um, I just don't really care what anybody thinks about me. I mean, sometimes I do, but like on this level, no. Like I'm doing something that's good for me, so like you can F off. Um, but I will just, whoa, Alice, hold up. Hold up, Alice. Did you just, Alice, did you just say that to yourself? That's not true. You are a beautiful, wonderful girl. That's not true? Okay, you are good enough for the people in your life. There we go. That is a, literally just came up with that on the spot. And so that's, that's what it can look like. That's exactly what it can look like. Or all of that just in your head. Um, less hand motions. I use a lot of hand motions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so using your name can be helpful at times. Um, but sometimes I'll just like start at this point, I'm pretty practiced. So I'll start with the Alice, why do you always screw this up? And, and I stop halfway through and I say, no, I am not a fuck up. I made a mistake and that's okay. We're all human. Everyone makes mistakes. That's the one I always go back to. I always go back to that one. I love that one. Anyway, just to kind of wrap it up, research into self-talk is still very active and ongoing, but some benefits that may happen if you can learn to use more positive self-talk are things like improved self-esteem, obviously, stress management, and improved well-being. It can reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety and personality disorders, um, improve your body image, and can help treat people with eating disorders, you know, just learning to have improved self-esteem and, and talking about yourself in a nice, kind, loving way. It's good for a lot of things. A lot of, not just those mental disorders, but lots of others. It can lower the levels of distress and calm you. Th that one's a little obvious too. But, you know, for some people, this will create better psychological and physical well-being just overall. Just like the whole thing, overall, psychologically and physically, you will be better off. Part of that is because it's reducing the risk of self-harm and suicide. People who use positive self-talk are less likely to use those kind of means to cope. And speaking of coping, you will usually find better coping skills during hardships and times of stress. Kind of tapping into the power of the mind, I feel like, has a part to do with that. It also helps to make you feel more control in your life. Uh, can help with chronic pain, and it helps motivate you. And it's something we all do. It's something every single one of us does. Not all of us are very kind to ourselves. And so th this episode is for you. This episode is for you. Yes, you, who, who says those mean things about yourself. Don't do that. Be nice to yourself. You're worth it.
Okay, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that or learned something or, you know, maybe you think it'll help a friend. You can share it to them. I, I hope it was good for some... I hope it was good and something you enjoyed. Moving forward, um, by the time you're hearing this, you will have realized that my episodes are now being posted every other week, hopefully consistently, (laughs) and that's just because right now I'm in school. Um, I, I try to get as many podcasts done ahead of time as I could to kind of not have to create as much while I'm focusing on my studies. Um, But yeah. But yeah, I guess. But yeah, I guess we all just need to be a little kinder to ourselves, right? I think, I think... Maybe not everyone. Maybe not everyone, but... (laughs) Most of us, if you're here, you probably could be kinder to yourself. And so I hope this podcast inspires you to do that. So, just remember, I'm Alice Strange. This is Magic in the Mind Podcast. May you always be well. Be kind. And may your curiosities for this world never fade.